Talks podcast is brought to you today by Women's Breaking Chains. Women Breaking Chains invites you to come out and help raise funds for their new women's self-growth, personal development, and empowerment organization. They are focused on aiding women who have reached a low point in their lives to break free of things that are holding them back. Money raised at this fundraiser will go to support workshops in local women and children's shelters. Please join them on Saturday, July 17th at Rocky River City Center from 9 to 3 p.m. Tickets are only $3 per person and can be bought on Eventbrite. Search under Women Breaking Chains today. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast. It is so good to see you guys. Listen, we have an amazing show for you today. I'm super excited to bring on this gentleman. He is an actor, a writer, producer, director, and instructor, Mr. Dwayne Boyd. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. How are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling real good. It's been a minute since I've seen you. It has been a minute since we've seen anybody, you know what I'm saying? So just to, to be back in the presence somehow, somewhere is truly a blessing, you know? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So here at Transparency, I like to dive right on in. So can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Oh yeah, I'm a, like I said, producer, director, writer, actor, sandwich maker, whatever I gotta do to keep the lights on, you know? So, <laughs> but no, man, I just, uh, I'm a photographer, just a little bit of everything. And, and I was having a conversation yesterday about you know, in this business, you kind of have to do a little more than just one thing if you want to survive. You know, because one thing is slow. You have to pick up, you know, other areas and, and do what else you can. So, yeah, man, I, I think um, for me, it's been about just always maneuvering and changing with the times is the way things um, go. I mean, we're in this digital age now and everything is online. Everything is, is moving a lot quicker. So we have to adjust. And so uh, I mean, I've been the founder of Premier X Network for the past, what, 18 years now? That's a class I started way back when in 2003, and um, I've been able to help a lot of people's careers over the past few years just to flourish. And a lot of my folks are working actors, and they're, they're auditioning quite a bit. They have agents now, different things like that. And they're moving in other areas of their career as well, as far as behind the camera, producing, directing, wardrobe, style, whatever they can do. So I'm um, honored to uh, be able to say that, you know, and um, keeping it moving, man. Okay, so we're gonna we gonna dive a little bit. We're gonna go back a little bit. Okay. So. How did you start acting? You know, where did you grow up? I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri, born and raised there. And um, uh, when I was growing up, there was not a lot of performing arts things in Kansas City, the Midwest. So, you know, this was this was never an option. You know, I, I was lucky enough to uh, get bused to a school uh, outside of the district that I grew up in. Because I grew up in the inner city of Kansas City. You know, it was kind of rough up there. And we just didn't have a whole lot of uh, extracurricular activity. So I ended up getting bused to a, a city of Independence, Missouri, and uh, going to a school that was diverse. And um, I ran into a, uh, my high school years. I, I got to take an acting class from a lady named Miss Bassa, and uh, she was incredible. She would always tell Miss Boyd, "You playing around with this, but you can really do something with this." And I was like, "What am I do with that? Somebody on TV look like me. What am I do? You know?" And and uh, it was um, right then and there I realized that maybe she's got something. And I went to the military right after high school because I didn't want to go to college. Mm -hmm. I felt like college was just not for me at that time. I, I, I was not focused. And um, I ended up going to, going to the military, did seven years in the Army, got out the Army, came to Atlanta because I love Atlanta. I love, love the energy down here. And um, I realized that um, I wasn't happy to come here. I was a barber, running a barbershop. Mm -hmm. And uh, a good friend of mine, Chris Bryant, I worked at V103 at the time. He was in um, he was in sales and marketing at V103. And he used to come get his haircut every Thursday or something. And I, I told him, I said, man, I just feel like I'm missing something. I feel a little depressed about where I'm at in life. And he said, well, what do you want to do? Without hesitation, I said, I want to act. And he said, go do it. 
So I packed my stuff up that weekend. I quit my job as manager there and, and went to strike out and start acting. And I came back to another shop next week part time because I realized I still had <laughs> some money, you know. So, <laughs> but um, you know, it just that really started me on this journey of becoming an actor. So I started classes, got headshots, different things like that, and then here I am. Okay. So, so do you remember your first time on stage or on screen, and what was that like for you? You know, my first time on screen, man, was. Uh, I did a movie, uh, well I did, was it a movie called Boycott? I was Jeffrey Wright standing there and I had like a little featured extra role on there, you know what I'm saying? So that was, uh, to me, amazing to me. I was working with Terrence Howard on that set and everything else and it was great because um, that's when I realized that maybe I can do this. You know, I think every actor has to start out, just kind of feel their way through and I was doing, uh, like starting out doing extra work, figuring out, is this something that could I deal with the long hours on set? Is it, you know, the different conditions? And, and that was my first ever gig, was working for HBO. A guy named Clark Johnson was the director. And um, just from LA, and he said, he kept calling, Dwayne, get over here, do this, Dwayne, try this. And I was a lot of featured moments in the script, but um, got to work with some A list talent. I mean, just watching Jeffrey White write work every day that close to me was amazing because I said, I saw him in a movie called Shaft before he did Martin Luther King and Boycott. Mm-hmm. But this guy went from playing a Hispanic drug lord to playing Dr. King, and both were so convincing. I said, This guy is the guy. And I said, mm-hmm. I, I was just in awe watching him. So that kind of lit a spark on me, and I started to. Uh, do more, uh, more, uh, on, you know, more auditions. I started. I think I landed my first major role was a movie called The Gospel in 2005, uh, opposite uh, Idris Elba and Boris Kojo. Oh wow! Big, big shout out to Will Packer, Rock Party, Randy Forrest. Man, they gave me my first big shot. Was and I got to play Oscar in that movie, and it was a great experience because um, that really let me know that you know I can do this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, so you feel that Atlanta is a good working hub for opportunity. Oh, absolutely. As opposed to New York or L.A.? Well, you know, I think now everything is online, like I said earlier. So you can't just say, hey, I'm going to do it from right here and that's it. No, you have to now understand that people can be seen all over the world for an audition or can create uh, content all over the world. It's funny because I was talking to a young man who was a part of that, you know, the Will Smith uh, reboot of Fresh Prince yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, not yesterday, but um, last year, I think last year they did the, like a darker, edgier version of the Fresh Prince and it got picked up by NBC moving forward. Will Smith saw it and got behind it and now they're moving forward to the series and those guys are from my hometown, Kansas City. I didn't even know that. Wow. So they, shot, they shot it in Kansas City and everything else, marketed online mm-hmm. and it got Will Smith's attention and he took it and got it a deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, anything's possible now. I mean, all you have to do is do the work because I think now uh, what we're seeing is the renaissance and Hollywood has, has this thing where they're still the gatekeeper. I understand everything still originates out of there and all the deals are made out of there but uh, it's a different movement now. You can do a project and it can get steam and people can look at you on YouTube, Instagram, whatever. And it takes off. A lot of my actors are like Desi Banks and DC Young Fly, Man Hustle. Those guys created an online platform and look where it got them. They're working all over the place now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing. It's a great time to be alive and to be a content creator in this world. As I was just telling you behind the stage, before I pulled you on, I'm working on my first speech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, see. <laughs> you already got the answer. You got the answer. You got all the answers, Sway. You got the answers. <laughs> um, so, okay. Should actors start off this background? Like, how do you break into this industry? You touched on it a little bit on how you got in. Right. But do you think that's the right move for an actor when they first start? Or do they start with getting acting lessons? What's the first move? Well, the first thing I think is definitely taking classes that's number one i mean because you have to know what you're doing uh at the time when i started there was not a whole lot of classes here so which prompted me to start premier Actors network but there was not a lot of classes here so um i had to find seek out a class somewhere and i studied with this guy Gaylord parsons at celebrity Act studio years ago and i ended up becoming an instructor there for a while before i started my own thing but um that was the start for me to see myself uh take this serious you know i knew that i could do it you know, based off just having that confidence of being in class, you know. And I, I would say uh, you don't have to start extra work, but some people do because you didn't know what you're getting yourself into. You know, mm-hmm. being, a, being an extra on set allows the, the, the neophyte actor to see everything up close, see if this is what they truly want to do, see how many hours it puts in. You know, like just coming off of uh, Raising Dion season two, I coached on both seasons of that show for Netflix. And I have a lot of respect for Josai because he had to get up every day at six and go to work like a grown person. He was six, seven years old at the time when he started this. Wow. So this lets you know if you really, you know, everybody sees the red carpet and the premieres and all the social media life, set life and all that stuff. But when you go to work, you are at work. It's a whole different focus you have to have. 
You know, a lot of people don't see that. So there's a level of uh, commitment that, that it takes to uh, really truly be in this business. You are tuned in to Transparency Talks Podcast. This is Nakia Marie with I Believe in Me. When I wake up in the morning and I look up, I just think yeah, for another day. I know there's something so special and unique about me. Dreaming all night about my future life is hard to be still. When I feel excited about every dream I fulfill. And I live my life purposeful. If one door closed, you gotta know. Another's gonna open up. Oh, 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 I feel it so deep in me. The world they are within on me. To walk it out, live out loud. Nothing's gonna stop me. Cause I be What I'm learning, I started my first film like five months ago, four or five months ago now. And my boys have been actors since they were seven and been on major sets. So now I'm in the mix and these hours, it's serious. You're doing 12, 16 hours. You think that it's just, you just see the end result and think that that they didn't really have to do a lot. You have to really know these lines and make them your own, you know, so that it's believable, you know, what, what else, what somebody else wrote. You know, absolutely, absolutely. So kudos to you, man. I know how hard it is, and it's even doing my own projects. And, and, and I know that it's, it's it's a struggle, it's a challenge, but you guys just got to keep pushing, keep moving, and you'll do it. You'll finish it because you got that, you got the spirit in you. Uh, thank you so much. <laughs> so tell us about your your group from your Actors Network. Yes, we have back in classes. We meet every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday from seven thirty to ten for the adults and uh, kids class and teens. Saturdays from eleven to one. 
Now we were typically located located at the uh, Porter Center Performing Arts Center in Decatur, but since the pandemic, that building hasn't really reopened. So I've been doing it at uh, the studio loft I have downtown at the Mattress Factory loft. So if anybody can come in for a free audit, um, and we um, we work on improvisation, scene study, uh, on camera exercises, anything that can help you become a working actor in this market. You know, I call that the gym. That's where we go and, and put in the work and figure it out. You know, because the worst thing that can happen is that you get an opportunity you're not ready for. And um, staying sharp, staying ready, like an athlete, is what we have to do. A lot of people don't realize uh, NFL players, I had a few students that were NFL players, and a lot of them guys train year-round just to stay in the league. So why are we thinking we can take time off and not focus and dedicate ourselves to the craft of training, as far as training, and expect to consistently work? You know, if you're not on set, you need to be in class. If you're not in class, you need to be on set. It's just that simple. It really is just that simple. Yeah. Yeah. How how important is it to when you're doing your your auditions and everything? Mm-hmm. How important is it to to really get into character? And what advice do you give someone when they are auditioning? Because you know nowadays you're not coming directly into the studios; you're doing it online. Mm-hmm. So some, and I'm seeing this because of people that have auditioned for my movie. Some people miss the mark altogether. They're they're filming. They got all this noise going on in the background. They got, you know, they got other things going on and they aren't into character and everything. How important is that? Well, I think it goes back to what I said earlier, practice. You know, um, you don't want to wait till this big audition comes up and you have to get ready. You want to stay ready. So the more and more you practice, and then like when you sent your sides out or whatever you sent out for auditions, right. you know, hopefully they had enough time to prepare and do what they need to do so there was no excuse for them to come in the room not prepared. It's going to happen sometimes. You're going to bomb an audition. I get that. It happens all the time. But um, if you are prepared and confident in your craft and know the going to the room and be in the moment, be present, know what your preparation is, but also be prepared to take a redirect in that room. Or if you get a call back via Zoom now, you know, they want to see that you're able to be redir- you know, redirected and give them honestly what they need. But it goes back to your prep work, understanding your circumstances, getting circumstances. What do you want in the scene? What you're fighting for? Why? All the questions we have to ask ourselves as actors. And we have to become, uh, I call us um, scene investigators. We have to figure out what all the circumstances in the scene are. What's the tone of the scene? Uh, what's the objective? What, uh, what's our conflict in the scene? Everything that you know, we practice in class, so when they go to set, it's second nature. When they go to the heaven audition, it's second nature. Now, I, I, I was in the military for seven years. I was in the infantry, and we would always practice for combat. So when we got to combat, we didn't look crazy or get shell-shocked or like a deer in headlights. So I used that uh, that approach as far as my actors. So you know exactly what it is you need to do when you get that audition. First thing you need to do is break that scene down. Figure out what it is uh, your character wants, who, who they talk to, how they feel about the other person, you know, what they want from the other person, what happens if they don't get it, all these things that um, allow ourselves to be as prepared as possible in that audition. And it's just practicing being confident and knowing what the hell you're doing. Yeah, definitely. I also would like to add, you have to be, you have to have tough skin and definitely oh, yeah. coachable yeah. because at the drop of the dime, things will change. Yeah, oh, no, no. I, I booked the role a couple weeks ago and then they probably say the same day they tell me it got, it got cut from the film. So, like, oh, well, I had it, didn't have it. You know what I'm saying? It's having tough skin, being able to accept no and, and moving from no to no without losing enthusiasm mm-hmm. is the trick here, you know? You know, because you're going to get so many no's in this business and it's never going to go the way you think it should go. Mm-hmm. So you got to just allow yourself to be excited just the opportunity to audition. You know, I, I tell people all the time, our job is, as actors is to audition, booking is the bonus. If you can book, great. But once you do that audition, go in there, give the best performance you can give in that moment. Don't preconceive anything and walk away and let it go when it's over. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Okay. So what has been the hardest part about working in this industry? You know, uh, the hardest part for me is, I think, see, because I do so many different things, but just managing personalities, you know, being able as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, because uh, that's truly what we all are as artists, because we don't have the nine to five a lot of times. If we do have a nine to five, that's supporting our dream. But um, I think that, you know, having to be self-motivated, you know, even when you feel down, chips down, and you feel like, okay, things are not working. What do I need to do? And that's when I have to try to find a way to stay creative and refocus on something. Like right now, I'm not working on anything, any project right now uh, as far as coaching or hacking or whatever. So I'm shooting my own a commercial on Monday. I'm shooting a commercial. I'm sorry, on Sunday, me and my producing partner, uh, Keisa Willis, we're shooting a commercial uh, for a law firm. You know, and that's, to me, it keeps me creative. It keeps me doing something in the business. And that's the things that sustain me. 
You know, yeah. when things are slow in one area, I can go work on something else. You know, and it doesn't always have to be um, in the business. I do real estate as well. I, I flip properties. I've been doing that for the past four or five years now, and I enjoy that. So we've been able to flip like six or seven properties now, and and, and you know, it's it's been great. So those are the things that sustain me outside of the craziness that we deal with. So when a booking comes along, I'm like, oh man, this is the only thing I have going. You know, it sometimes can be in a way. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know if I can do that because I'm already committed this. But um, I'm really excited about uh, just the possibility of everything that's coming to Atlanta, man. I wake up every day at 5 a.m. ready to go. And just, I'm just excited about life. So yeah. that and a little caffeine keep me going, too. Absolutely. Taking a pause for the calls. It's your girl, Butter B. Rocker, Transparency Talks Podcast. This is Sandrine with Just Dance. We're going to have ourselves a good time tonight. that you have a lot of different hats that you're wearing right now photography real estate you're acting directing you know you're doing a lot so how do you balance your work life and your personal life you know that's 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 been a struggle right there if i had to struggle in any area it's probably that you know uh, any any uh anybody i'm dating at the time i have to tell them hey look i'm a busy person so you know it's gonna be some times when i'm probably not as available as you like you know is that okay with you? And she'll be like, yeah, okay. But then, then they realize, wait a minute, this is not what I signed up for. I say, hey, but you know, I have to do a better job of balancing that. I have to uh, figure out ways to, you know, just kind of uh, shut off at a certain time of day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I get to work my job from 8 a.m. or whatever till however long I want to go, but I still have to have a personal life. I still have to have R&R. I still have to get out with my boys, at, you know, on the weekends and have, have a drink or something just to be able to live, you know, because we get so caught up in what we're doing. And I truly love what I do. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a uh, 
always a job for me. You know, it's, it's fun. You know, I get to go to work every day and work with people I enjoy and laugh and have a good time. You know, I couldn't ask for a better life, you know, when it comes to what I get to do day to day. But I do have to have that balance. I do have to be out with my, I was out with my boy Trayvon this weekend. He was in town from Carolina and we were hanging out, kicking in. And he'll start talking to acting. No, we, we, we're not talking to acting today. We're having fun today. You know what I'm right. <laughs> You know, but um, he's excited about what he does. And, and we all are. And it, it always ends up back to, you know, I'll be at, I was at a festival this weekend over at Rocksteady, an Afrobeat festival. Having a good time. And I had, before I know it, I was sitting around a circle talking to a bunch of actors about acting, you know. And that happens. So it, it's not like work, but I do have to have that balance. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what I want to do right now is play your video because you have done some amazing things. So let me play this and then we're gonna talk a little bit more about Show me your hands. LAPD off duty. Place me work. your hands up and step away from the body. This is not what it looks like. It looks like you're about to be under arrest for murder. Look, we'll give you our boss's number. You can call him, he'll explain everything. Right. We can do that down the station while you're sitting in the cell next to a guy with no pants on. Look, if you think that scares me, you're absolutely right. Looked everywhere. There's no sign of their friends. We told you they're in trouble. Homicide's 10 minutes out. Good. So you're not going to do this? No, I'm not. Then I have no choice but to suspend you until further. Oh, calls. come on, Captain. Until an investigation happens. You understand that, right? That's bullshit. I'll have somebody. Well, you know, I'll have somebody from I Oh, your son's a heroin I need you to leave the premises. Get over it. Leave the premises. Go. So, John, when you fired your weapon, it was purely self-defense, right? Yes, sir. So you're telling me at the time of the shooting, you had no idea about Raymond Casey's connection with Martine McGuire? My daddy would have taught my ass I run off like that. Kid's a smart ass. His name Ivan. Come on, boy, let's go. Did you see a homeless vet run out of here? No. He just, he just attacked me. You okay? Yeah, what's going on with these guys? Had one last week that almost chewed off his own finger. I really appreciate it. No worries. We didn't bother with charges. Marty, I owe you big. I may have to hit you up for tickets one day. My little girls, they love your sister. Done. You've gone above and beyond, and I cannot thank you enough. And. I know that Jackson thinks you too. I understand. We all got that one family member. Yeah. Six to eight weeks. That's nearly all the training camp. It's an estimate, Davis. An optimistic estimate, okay? We know that your body's taking a little bit longer to heal now. It was, it was nice meeting you, man. Marcus, it was yeah. great talking to you, and I hope I can trust you as a flight controller a lot more than I can trust these stories you're throwing around. You should be so lucky. I like this guy. Taking another pause for the cause, it's your girl Butterby Rocker. This is Transparency Talks Podcast. This is Kiarica with One Night. Your face, your eyes, your body, I can't lie, you got me tuned in, watching real shit, so tall, too clean, confident, damn I need ya, cause shoot this. i 
Are you interested in the supernatural? Sophia Lee, author of Christ Jesus Alive, Encounters of the Holy Spirit, brings you a non-fiction book about encounters of heaven, hell, ghosts, orbs, and much more. Over 50 short stories written in chronological order. The ebook is available wherever digital books are sold, and the soft cover is available on Amazon. You can also visit isawhell.online. Once again, that's isawhell.online. That was great. Yeah, it's always great <laughs> to see yourself on TV, I tell you that, man. Absolutely. So what has been your most memorable set? No, man, and why? It's, been, it's been so many, man. Um, you know, just oh god, each, each set has its own identity, man. I got to work on a movie called I Like Timothy Green with the common me and him got real cool on set, so that was amazing. He's a great guy. Um uh just uh hunger games was a challenge but it was a great experience because it was i didn't realize how much of a monster project that was going to be and uh one of my most fondest memories on set was um the first the day we were shooting the reaping where all the kids were getting auctioned on stage or whatever for the hunger games and and it was uh yeah it was it was so hot out there it was over 102 degrees and we had all that peacekeeper stuff on the whole i had never been so hot in my life <laughs> you know i'm a they had kid extras that they were just passing out left and right. Yeah, they would just, and they would put somebody else up in front. You know, and I, I just kept telling myself, please don't pass out, please don't pass out, please don't pass out. So it was tough. I'd never been so hot, you know. And on the flip side of that, I had a situation where I worked on a project with Al Pacino that was really cold and they had me in water at 37 degree temperature, 8 30 in the morning in Chattanooga. So those are some of the things that I was, you know, this, you got to really want to do this. But just meeting yeah. the awesome people I'm working with, man, just having the great experiences and being around. Uh, other creative artists, man. It's just, every project has its, has its own its own identity, man. So it's so many of them. I couldn't pick one, but you know, those are things that, that stand out right off. Yeah, definitely. So you, your mentor was writer and director Robert Townsend. Tell Love us about him, yeah. that experience. Man, let me tell you something. Y'all don't understand. Mr. Townsend is, 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 is that guy. He, he's, he's the biggest man. And, you know, I used to live, when I was in Germany, uh, I was married in the Army, and I was in Germany. We would watch Five Heartbeats, me and Mike's wife, uh, on the movie Watch Fire Heartbeats. Oh, we knew every line of that movie. So to meet him and get to work with him and be mentored by him for a couple of years, man, was truly phenomenal. And if you know anything about Mr. Sounds, he's just like ducking the Fire Heartbeats. He's a real giving person. He's really about the business. But at the same time, he understands that this is business. He was his, one of his uh, famous sayings would be like, it's, it's from here on out, it's military. And, and and what he meant by that was it's go time. And we had to focus and lock in and have that, that type of approach. So I learned so much working. Because he, he showed up at the time I was ready to give up. Wow. I, was ready, I was ready to quit and he showed up and re, re restored that faith and this is going to work but he told me Hollywood doesn't need you you got to show them that they need you and how you do that is create your own content because he did five heartbeats on the shuffle parented all these great projects so he kept telling me what are you waiting on Dwayne make your movie make your movie make your movie you got the people make it so I assembled the team together raised some funds we shot a movie in 15 days for 20 grand and it made ABFF and it got distribution on Amazon so and I remember him telling me, you did it, Playboy. You know, you, I said you can do it. You did it. I'm so proud of you. And that was just, that was my filmmaking moment that to me made me understand that I could be a filmmaker. You know what? That just spoke to my soul and said, you know what? You're on the right path. Absolutely. Keep going. Sometimes you need confirmation yeah. of little things. And so you just really spoke to my spirit right there. So thank you. <laughs> it happened to me. So I got to pass it, you know, pay it forward, right? Right. Absolutely. So you coach singer actress Janelle Monet. Mm-hmm. For the Oscar nominated film, Hidden Figures. Yeah. Oh my God, first of all. Yeah, yeah. Tell me I about feel, that experience. I absolutely love her, by the way. Yeah, she's amazing. She's amazing. And I met Janelle years ago. We went to Georgia Grimmer College together. And um, I, we, we connected in a math class. And uh, we had this math teacher we, we couldn't really understand. So we were like, what We just couldn't understand them. So we would always laugh about that. And uh, she ended up, um, uh, she was doing, she was working with people at the time before she really blew up. And I told her, I said, hey, I got an acting class. You just come out. I'm working with Robert Townsend. Come out. And she came out to class. She's really good. And I told her, I said, you can even do this. She said, yeah, but I want to do my music. I said, but you can do this too. She said, no, nah, I want to do my music. And of course, her music became, you know, known, world known, worldwide known. And she started to act. And I ran a tour at a, uh, uh, I was called in by Jackie Birch, cast director, for 
I read, I had to read with some of the actors for a director um, of, of Hit Figures. It was her and Tiana Paris. Tiana was amazing, you know what I'm saying? And Janelle gave me their thing, and we ended up getting a call back. We had to go to LA and meet with the executives of Disney. And I'll never forget uh, from that point, we just had to let it go, walk away, and see whatever happens. I remember one summer night in June that year, I got a call from her and she was so excited. She said, I booked it, I booked it. And we were just, yeah, lady, man. So I'm so proud of her, man. I worked with her on a few other projects as well, but she's at that point now where she's getting them offers. Them offers are coming in now. And I've been with her when she got an offer and I was like, wow. You know, so it's just, it's just different, man. And uh, she's a star in all right. She's always been a star. She's from KC, so we connected automatically. And um, I'm just excited to see what she's doing. She's uh, really taking her career to the whole, to the next level, which I didn't doubt at all, you know. Definitely. So, how important is is it to have a, a demo reel? Yeah, and I feel like sometimes, I don't care what it is, get some student films under your belt, independent, whatever, because that's going to set you apart from the people who are just kind of playing around. So you now have something that says, hey, look, here's my demo reel, check out my work, and this is who I work with. Because people want to know that you're professional, and that to me speaks professional more than anything. And I know some people create reels and I get out there. There's nothing wrong with that either, but there's nothing like booking something and having it on your reel saying, hey, I was on MacGyver or, or I was on Hungry uh, uh, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So now people know you're a professional actor and it makes them automatically say, oh, no, they're not playing around with their career. They get it. You know, so whatever you got to do to get that footage, get it. Because I remember when I first got signed with People Store, big shout out to People Store by agency. But when I first got signed with People Store, I didn't have any produced work that they recognized, but I had independent films, commercials. You know, all kind of stuff on my reel. It was, it was all kind of stuff on there. When they saw it, they said, okay, he's natural on camera. We maybe can put him to work here. Mm -hmm. yeah. And when should an actor get an agent? Uh, that's tricky because some people get them very early. Some people get them later. Uh, just it's a matter of when you're comfortable enough to be able to, I guess, um, dedicate the time you need to dedicate to uh, being a professional actor, but because everybody wants an agent right off the rip, and that's just not how that works. You know, they got to see the value in you, and you got to see the value in yourself first. And if you don't see that value yet, you know when you're ready. You know when, without a shadow of doubt, I am ready for. I'm ready to dedicate myself to the craft. I'm ready for an agent, and I'll do whatever it takes to get. Taking another pause for the calls. This is Butterbee Rocker and Friends with Wake Up Everybody yeah. tribute. Uh, come on, my people in the eight, and you gotta wake up.
the one in the mirror. Can't get no clearer, so you can't let him see you. So you gotta be prepared at all times. Good reason. You can't be logical for a season. Anything you put your mind to, be sure to come. But stand straight, tighten your belt. Sun is beat proper, let the devil know. We won't win, you got stupid. We gotta switch to the paradigm that we can make it here. up everybody tribute featuring some of atl's hottest we got philippia xavier lewis trev wright homer mac kind of ls karen bryant avery neff 150 and your homegirl butter b rocker there are several ways you can tune in to transparency talks podcast including pandora iHeartRadio, spotify stitcher apple podcast Blaze One Radio in Atlanta, Squeaky Radio in Detroit, Glass FM in Nigeria, Soul City to Beat in Italy, London's Energy Radio in London, Rock Dan Radio in Canada, Soul Fusion Radio in South Africa, and Q-Mix Radio in Japan. You can listen in to any of the stations by going to ButterBeRocka.com. That's B-U-T-T-A. B-R-O-C-K-A dot com. Follow me on all social medias at Transparency Talks Podcast, also at Butterbee Rocka. And subscribe today to my YouTube channel at Transparency Talks Podcast. So you also offer photography. Mm-hmm. Having a professional headshot is a major deal. And sometimes it's a rookie's move to think that all photographers are created. Can you tell us why? Well, there's many types of different photographers. I, I learned from Richard Mellinger, Dylan Patrick. Those guys really taught me what they knew about headshot photography. But you're right, it's different. Some people do weddings. I don't mess around. I did one wedding. I said never again. Too much time and effort, and I don't want to mess nobody's wedding up. So, but um, a headshot photographer should be able to bring out uh, the essence of who you are. It should be able to show show the type, show casting the casting community agents the type of roles you can play. You know, whenever I have a consultation with actors. Before we shoot, we sit down and we go over what type of actor are you? Are you the queen bee? Are you the goofy suburban dad? Are you the edgy villain? Are you the, uh, the, the, the girl next door? The, you know, the, the soccer mom? What are you selling? Because when you walk into a room, everybody is going to make an assumption about you, right? And they have to see what you see and what you're giving off. Says, okay, this person's right for this role. Like I had one girl come over one day and she told me, she said, I'm the queen bee type. I said, nah, you're kind of quirky. I see you like the like the quirky nerdish girl that, that's fine because we need that right and she's like no I'm, I'm, I'm really not. nobody's ever told me that so as soon as we walked outside the headshot she fell down the steps and said see you're the quirky I'm saying so and we got to be okay with the kind of roles we get I used to fight against it all the time because I got a lot of cops as you see my former real play a lot of cops detectives soldiers doctors and I found myself getting a lot of authority figure roles which was okay, but I said, I don't want to always do that. And I remember, I'll never forget, I had a talk with the dad from that 70s show. Uh, I forgot the guy's name, he's a great actor. We worked on a show together for ABC called Resurrection. And I said, he said, Dwayne, what type of roles do you normally play? I said, well, I always get the cop. He said, well, every show needs a cop. And it just clicked. It changed my mindset from, wow, 
why not be the cop? Why not be the best cop you can be in every show, whatever? And then when you want to do your your thing, whatever you want to do, you can create yourself. No yeah. wrong being a cop. Jennifer Lewis played the mom most of her career, and she nails it every single time. She was the mama in What's Love That Do It and Inches on Black. Come on now. That's a career. That's what we're all trying to get. So before we complain about, I don't get tight cast, you got to get cast first. That's the trick. That part. Career, and then you can do what you want. Like Halle Berry shows that if you do a certain role, whatever, so long, eventually you'll be able to do your own thing. Figure out, you know, what else you can do. She had to fight for that role in Jungle Fever. Spike thought she was too cute for that role or too pretty for that role. And she really got down there and made that role uh, a memorable role. Mm-hmm. So take us through your process of getting ready for a project. Uh, as far as what? Filmmaking? A role. A role. A role. Okay, you know, again, I, I always try to find uh, how am I like the character? What similarities do we have? I try not to judge the character first. You know, everybody has a story, everybody has a past. So the worst thing you can do is going and looking at this person, like, okay, this person's a background. No, this person has a story. Why are they like that? What is the background? What is what, where, where did they grow up? What was their uh, socioeconomic situation? You know, did they have a two-parent home? Did this, 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 this? Ask myself all these questions about a role. And um, I can honestly tell you, the first role that, um, I guess I go back to the gospel, in that role I played Oscar, um, he was trying to get his wife back from Boris Kojo. And I was upset. I was kind of going through my own situation with my ex-wife at the time. We were going through a breakup and all that stuff. So I immediately connected to that role. I said, oh, I, this is me for real. You know, it just so happened that he was a soldier and I was a soldier and he was a sergeant like I was a sergeant. Same unit, same rank. Um, uh, same, uh, as a matter of fact, my last name used to be Jones before my mom remarried, and that was the character's name on the show. So, so many parallels there. But I always try to find how I can not necessarily become more of that character, but make the character become me. Mm-hmm. Now, how can I find similarities there? And that's because that's what I'm gonna connect to it, honestly. Some people have a gift of morphing into somebody else, like a Jeffrey Wright, like a Philip Seymour Hoffman. Those are great character actors, you know, but everybody's not gonna be able to do that. Everybody can't do accents, everybody can't. Pick up, you know, but if you can bring your honesty, your truth to a role and not try to make a caricature of, of what you think this should be and make it honest and connect with it, you'll be fine. That's what I always try to do. How is this person like me? How would I handle this situation if this was me? Mm-hmm. Well, it is me. It becomes me. So. Okay. Taking another pause for the cause. It's your girl, Butterby Rocka, Transparency Talks Podcast. This is one of the singles that I wrote that's on Sandrine in Belgium's album, but this is my version of it. Hope you guys enjoy it.
Subscribe today at YourBestLifestyles.com, a prescription for better health through an active lifestyle. This podcast highlights lifestyle-related diseases and chronic conditions that can stop or slow activities of daily living. Everything from human movement and performance, nutrient, joint pain, back pain, pre- and post-rehabilitation strategies, posture, flexibility, and more. Whether you're a competitive athlete or not, handicapped or disabled, we will highlight the benefits of great health and wellness with some of the top medical doctors, physical therapists, chiropractors, athletic trainers, dietitians, nutritionists, and other expert clinical professionals in their field to promote and advocate that everyone have a better quality of life. Subscribe today at yourbestlifestyles.com. So who is your biggest inspiration? Oh, man. Uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, man. As far as acting is Lawrence Fishburne, I'm a huge fan of his. I've always wanted to. I mean, when I first started, I wanted to be Lawrence Fishburne. I said, I'm going to play how he would play. And I realized that that's not how it works, you know? Uh, he's such a great actor, man. He can do so many things. He's a chameleon, too. He doesn't get the credit he deserves a lot of times because he'll go play Furious Styles and Boys in the Hood, and then you see him play Thurgood Marshall on Broadway or something. Yeah. This guy yeah. is incredible, man. Ma- uh, Matrix, uh, what's love? Like, I turn, come on, man. That's so many quotable lines in that movie for him. That dude is incredible to me. Uh, yeah. As far as filmmaking, I'm a big, of course, Robert Townsend fan, but uh, John Favreau, I like what he does. He's kind of what I try to pattern my career after because he started out as an actor, but then he ended up uh, um, doing a lot more directing and producing, and that's the, the route I want to take. That's, that's what's up. So what's next for you? Oh, I'm, I just um, got um, picked for, uh, out of uh, Nationwide Search, I did a, uh, submitted for the WGA Veterans Writing Program, and I just signed out. I just got picked for a year program, so I'll be working on that for the next year with the Writers Guild Foundation out in LA, and a lot of workshops, a lot of, I have a, I'll have a writing mentor, um, I'll get to be able to uh, just learn so much about the craft at the end of the uh, of the year we pitch to studios. So that's the next thing. That's wonderful. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, it's a bless- blessing, I tell you. So how can people connect with you? Uh, social media, that's the way, man. Uh, com. You can go to www.dwayneboyphotography.com. You can find me on social media. Instagram is Dwayne Boy Photography. Facebook is Dwayne Boy. And I'm really on TikTok. I'm on TikTok most of my day. That's my problem. I, I had little TikTok mini breaks throughout the day. I spend five minutes on TikTok. So it's Dwayne Boy 2 on TikTok. So. You be doing the dances and everything? You know, I, not, I do the little tri- some of the little trends, but I don't have time to be doing the dances. I, watch, I, I just watch it a lot more than anything. I don't have time to make a whole lot of TikTok videos. My little mentee, Amar, he does the TikTok videos. So he's he, he abreast on it. He's 21, so he knows how to, how to do all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Right. Well, it has been my pleasure having you on this show. You've dropped a lot of dimes and nuggets for everybody. We have some comments from people. If you don't mind going on Facebook later on and maybe answering any of their questions or anything. And I just want to thank you so much for coming up. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. This, this was amazing. I'm proud of you. Continue to inspire others, but also pursue your dream because that's, that's what we're here for. To make everybody else uh, see the vision by our own actions. And that's what you're doing. So continue. Thank you. All right. Well, with that being said, everybody, we are out of here. So I'm going to talk to you guys later. Have a great day. I want to close the show out with Jordan Danielle. This is That Way. I appreciate you guys tuning in to Transparency Talks Podcast. Join us each and every week. Talk to you soon.
Thanks again to our sponsors at Women Breaking Chains. Make sure you go get your ticket today under Eventbrite. Search for Women Breaking Chains. The event is Saturday, July 17th.